what's feelings about the Masterton? Because it's like everyone suffered somehow, and you're like, oh, who suffered the best? Like, oh my god, yeah. Hi everyone, welcome back to Where's My Stick. I'm Kelsey. I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And we have a very exciting show for you this week. We are going to be joined by our first guest later in the show. Um, we're being joined by Alyssa from Even Strength, which is a really cool program working to um, create stats for women's hockey. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that with her, or a lot more about that, actually. But before we get to that, we are going to talk about Kendall Coyne Schofield who recently joined us here, well, joined me here in Pittsburgh to be a guest analyst um, for the Tampa Bay versus Penguins game last Wednesday, so the 30th. She did a great job, but I think we were all distracted by the behavior of some of the people around her, most notably Pierre McGuire. Um, He's always a mess and always an idiot and difficult to listen to, but it was never more apparent than when he was trying to interact with Kendall. Um, I think he really showed how men don't really take women seriously when it comes to hockey, even if you are as much of an expert as Kendall is. They did both make statements following it, because I think there was like three different hashtags going, a lot of discussion about his the way that he was acting around her. Um, but before we get into that, what did you, you ladies think? Did you watch the game? I watched the game. I listened to Pierre, and it was it wasn't it wasn't good. Like he spoke to her as if she's never seen or watched a hockey game in her life, and like even like women's hockey and men's hockey are not that like it's still hockey. She still understands. And she was a little bit nervous at first, and I don't know yeah. if he was trying to quell her nerves by, I don't know, doing whatever, but she gave pretty good insight, and for him to be all, like, dismissive and, like, kind of underhanded, it was really <laughs> annoying, <clears throat> especially because I feel like they brought her on because of the All-Star game. And how it was, like, a big thing, how fast she went and how, like, impressed they were. But, like, you were impressed by her skill. But when it came to her hockey opinion, you you weren't really trying to hear it. Some of the other analysts were better, like, when talking to her. But he just was not good. It wasn't, it wasn't good at all. I did notice how you said she seemed very nervous at the beginning. But, I mean, who wouldn't be? And Yeah. I think she got more and more comfortable, especially when she went up to the um, to the booth. I thought she yeah. sounded a lot more confident. I agree with you guys both. When she was a little um, awkward or nervous in the beginning, um, but then she settled in and she made like that. There was one point in the first goal or the second. That was the first, the first, she goal. Was first yeah, yeah. So everyone was caught looking. All four Tampa Bay players were caught looking. Um, and I guess straight and Sheehan was coming from behind and no one caught him. And she was saying, um, she uses a lot of hockey language, which makes sense because she's a hockey player, but she was saying, you need to keep your head on the swivel and no one caught him. And that's how he was able to tap in that rebound, um, which I thought was really good analysis because 
Pierre. <laughs> and then we're just the only analysis you got from them was like, oh, that hit from Latang. He knew he was coming. Like, yeah, okay, his head bent against the glass. But all right, she was. She was also just like, why are they playing like this? This yeah. isn't their game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, they can't do that. She was so, like, she was really, she was really refreshing. And when they asked her which hockey player she felt her game was kind of like, I really liked her answer because she said Tyler Johnson, but Tyler Johnson's kind of a mess. But, yeah, I thought that was really nice because I feel like they expected her to say, I I don't know, just I don't think they expected her to have someone lined up. Yeah, especially because that was such a nuanced answer. Like, she had, like, a bunch of different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, girl. So, um, the next day, Kendall and Pierre both responded to some of the controversy that came out of the broadcast. Um, And Kendall was basically saying how wonderful this past week had been, um, all the different opportunities that she's had, and how grateful she was for those. And then she went on to say that she's known Pierre McGuire for years, that she knows he respects her as a hockey player, a woman, and a friend, and that she didn't, it never occurred to her during the broadcast that anything was sort of off or awkward. Um, She did look back on it and saw how people might have been offended on her behalf or offended, you know, themselves, but she didn't see it that way. And, um, and she knows that his heart was in the right place and that he was excited for her to be there and maybe that got the better of him and um, basically that there everything was good from her perspective and that what she wants to focus on is that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of her hockey knowledge she doesn't doubt her own hockey knowledge and she wants other people especially other young girls to um, believe in themselves in that same way so that was a nice little message. Um, and then Pierre basically said almost the same thing, um, saying that he has known Kendall for years and had the privilege of covering her as a member of Team USA, um, and that he was thrilled to have her join the broadcast coverage. But at times he was a little too excited, and maybe it led to him flubbing his words and not coming off correctly or how he wanted to. Um, and he just went on to say that he has the utmost respect for Kendall as a world-class player, analyst of the game, and role model. So that's where we stand right now. Um, what do you guys think of those those statements? I, I it, it, Kendall's kind of in like a tricky spot. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Like what can she really say? Like he was he was shitty and like he shouldn't have talked to me that way. But at least she acknowledged that if she was like sitting at home and she saw that, she would feel a type of way. But in the moment. I think that as a woman, she's so used to like women kind, I mean, women kind of being like talked to in that way that she couldn't necessarily call it out or whatever. Yeah. Or or she was just like so nervous it kind of just like went over her head. But Pierre's statement so funny because not a, I have I didn't see a single sorry in there. Yeah. <laughs> like I apologize if blah blah like not a single one but okay. I think I like that she brought it back to the most important part, which was being 
visible to young like women like young girls who play hockey or may have been maybe interested in hockey and to see her in that light and to know that like you know if I work extremely hard and that's my goal then I can make it because you see someone doing something that maybe you want to do one day or you know just play hockey and an international level and to see an Olympic medalist not around the Olympic and not around Olympic time, um, but to see someone, uh, an Olympic gold medalist, a, you know, a female hockey player in, like, calling an NHL game is, I mean, it's a step in the right direction, and I like that she brought it back to that, because at the end of the day, you know what, that's the most important part. It's not about, like, what Pierre said and, like, how, you know, people reacted to that, Um and his his response was his response. Uh, yeah, I think it's good to call it a response, not an apology, because there was no I'm sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on something that Christy said that I thought was really interesting on how she was, um, Kendall was in a tough position, I think, because... I honestly can't think of another time a woman was invited into, like, the broadcasting for an NBC. I know... But what's her name? Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. But she doesn't. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and the oh fact god, that... and it was a Penguins game too. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was yeah, it was a Penguins versus the Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, wait, can I just really quick, like, all the things that Pierre was saying to Kendall, he kind of should have said that to Susan because he was like, Susan, this is where they're gonna be. This is where they're gonna be. Like, this goes over here. <laughs> like, but like, why would you invite someone to be your like in-game like analyst if you don't think they know anything about hockey? Because it's just the more the names to get people to lo- to watch. But um, what I was going to say was that she um, you know, she couldn't be too much of anything because then. You know, they would have had a reason to be like, oh, well, this didn't work. So we can never have, you know, a women's hockey representative come in and talk about the game because that didn't work the first time. But I think all in all, she did the best that she could under the circumstances. And it was good. Yeah, I I thought she did fantastic. And I loved when she was up in the booth. Like, I definitely felt like she was more relaxed. She was more comfortable and like joking with like any of them. I like that. And then I like that a lot. Treated her better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I agree. I was, they valued her opinion more. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But did you guys notice like she'd be talking and then the action would come down close to one of the nets and they would just like silence her mic. You think they silenced her mic or she stopped talking? Because she would pick right back up again where she kind of left off. See, I thought they were, like, shutting off her mic or something, but I I could be wrong. I don't know, obviously. I See, I saw that on Twitter, but I honestly, my nerves during that game, like, I, there was so much going on in that game that, like, I, when it was, like, when there, the puck was in play, I was very focused on, like, what was going on in, on the ice. Yeah. So I don't know. But I did see that on Twitter. I might have saw that from you. It was from me, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I was in this conspiracy theory. <laughs> you know me. I enjoy conspiracy theories. So I would have jumped in with you. But I was so like, 
we'll get to the game later. But I was so into that game. Like, I was shaking. I was so nervous. I was petrified. Nothing was safe. I... Everything Christy said, like, on my time, like, I was triggered. Like, it was, like, easily triggered. I didn't say anything about Tampa. Oh, I was a mess. I was, like, shaking. I did not say a single thing, though. Like, I kept swearing. I kept seeing, like, Tampa Bay tweets. And I was like, who's putting this on my timeline? I look up, and it says, like, Christy, like, (laughs) you follow. And I was like, I'm doing this to myself. (laughs) But, okay, so let's give her a grade. Or no, should we do a grade, or should we? If would we want to see her again? I would want to see her again, cause like see her again. I liked what she had to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I would want to see her. Again. She just has to get more comfortable, and I think that would only come with more time. Exactly, and more experience. So prior to the game, I tweeted that I didn't want the Penguins to embarrass me and all other Penguins fans in front of her. Yeah, I didn't want the Pens to embarrass myself or any other Pens fans in front of Kendall Coyne. And they didn't, surprisingly. They came out of the game with a 2-4 win. Sheehan, Kessel, Crosby, and Latang scoring for the Penguins. Um, Teddy Bluger got into his first NHL game and didn't do too shabby himself. Gino passed 600 assists and I think had two or three points. Big night for him, too. I'm getting, I'm getting confirmation from upstairs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it was also a very feisty game with Gino fighting Stamkos, Dumoulin tussled with Killorn, um, Paquette hit Latang in a questionable hit, in my opinion. Um, Teddy got tied up with Ernie, um, and Murray knocked <laughs> Joseph out of his crease, which I might have objected to, but it's fine. So what did we think of the game? It was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it was so many things are happening. Why was it so feisty? Christy, you need to talk to your Tampa Bay Lightning to see why it's so feisty. They were attacking Gino and Latang all think, night. I feel like, okay. Well, not all night. The beginning. I, the beginning of the first period, I would say. So they hadn't played a game in, like, two weeks. And I think, I can't remember if they, they lost their game before the All-Star, All-Star break or not. But I, I like... I think Cooper, he overthinks things, and he wanted to, like, because I was like, why are they playing like this? Like, why are they trying to hit everything that moves? But, yeah, I don't know. Pocket's always feisty, though. Kaloran's pretty feisty, too. Stamkos, though, that was pretty funny. But Joseph what if he's hurting a- his little hands? Stamkos? Yeah. I mean, then he would have hurt it. They won their, their last game they did. before the All-Star break. It was San yeah. Jose, 6-3. to three. Oh, yeah, but, like, I don't I don't know why they came out so feisty like that, because that's not normal. I just Yanni Gord did no. nothing, so I don't want to hear it. Yanni Gord and Jack Johnson got in a little scuffle, and I was on Jack Johnson's side. Okay, Jack Johnson <laughs> started it. Johnson, I know, and I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Like, you, First of all, Gord was too close to Murray. Like, first of all, how dare you? But, oh, I'm sorry. One last thing, and then I'll shut up. I promise. What made me so confused about the Lightning is that, like, Pittsburgh, at their best, everyone wanted to hit them. I don't get how you don't just realize that's not the way to beat them. You're not going to win that way. You need to, like, literally outplay them and score. That's So I'm just so confused as to why Tampa would do that, which Tampa is a team that outplays teams and scores because of their 
um, their Cooper skill. Cooper over he overthinks things. He over he like I think when it when it's good teams like this or like when it's like rivalry teams like this, he overthinks it and then he like messes it up, messes it up because like what he he didn't have to do all that. Yeah, like, I don't know. I I'm just I I'm, I didn't even know that Tampa could play like that. Oh yeah, like no. I mean, they, yeah, they can. Like, see, because I don't watch Tampa. I only watch them when they play my team. So, I don't know. Just the Penguins getting people's head. That's so crazy. And like, poor Vassy. Because at first I was like, Vassy, are you like bad? It's like no. These like, it's just bad plays by his team in front of him. Like, I felt bad. It's it's like um with Tampa, people get their top six is so so good that they kind of forget who's on their bottom six like Paquette and Gord and Kalorin to an extent and those are like feisty people and then they're and like Victor Hedman is huge like he he can run you over but yeah, yeah. and I feel like he's too busy like making up for the mistakes of Dan Girardi yeah, 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 he is. He is, he is. He's trying so hard. My favorite thing about Dan Girardi is the fact that he was Ryan McDonough's D partner when they when he when they were on the Rangers. And then Dan Girardi finally was like McDonough was finally free of him when Dan Girardi left. And now they're back together again. Oh god. But Are they a D partner? No, not really. He mostly stays with Hedman. But oh, okay. what was I going to say about Tampa? What did you Sorry. guys think of Teddy Blue Day? I, I don't know if this is that. I didn't really notice Teddy. Yeah. And I don't. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like I'm. That's probably good. Was anyone surprised that Matt Cullen moved up as a three C? Uh no. I mean. No. You I thought was... they. You, you thought they would have put um Shahan. She Shahan, yeah. I think they trust him that so much that that's why. I feel like there's such a disconnect between like what Mike Sullivan and like the organization, or maybe just Mike Sullivan as a coach, and like the beat writers around because like not the beat writers, Jesse? I guess the people that I know because it's not it's more than Jesse. I tend to like focus on the people who like are stats related Mm -hmm. so there's this other guy that is um a penguins fan and he was saying how riley sheehan is a good substitute if brassard's not going to be at the third c the three c at this moment so in my head i'm like okay that makes sense because you look at the stats like it makes sense and the fact that matt cullen who's 42 is playing the three C. I'm just like, what? I wonder why um, it wasn't Sheehan and then um, Kelly on his wing if they wanted to move him up. Well, I mean, if they well, they needed they needed Kelly as the center. Both mm-hmm. both Sheehan and Cullen were played at C, but Sheehan was just on the fourth line. And you know, no. they love their. I- Teddy was Teddy was the fourth line center. Was he? I thought he was on the wing. I I'm concerned that they're gonna trade Teddy. What? what? No. What? Really? No. We just got him. I know, but I feel like they could try it. Like package him no up with someone. Safe. Sorry, Christy, you're right. It was um Sheehan, Bluger, and Wilson as the fourth line. And then it was Pearson, Cullen, Hornquist. Anything else about that? Uh, 
Letang scored and no he didn't yes he did and he, yes, he did. tied paul coffee for most goals oh, by defenseman yeah. oh my god and it was so crazy because like right before he scored they were like the tang if he gets a goal he'll tie paul coffee <laughs> and then it was like boom and he scored and they were like there it is i was like oh my god could you have written it better like, he Chris Letang, like, so bad, though. and like, why? Sid, no, no, not because he scored. Because it's like I feel like um, Sid and Malkin, they have like they get recognized for everything that they do, but I feel like Letang doesn't at all. And like he's gonna fade, and it's like it's up to me to keep his legacy up. <laughs> in the Penguins organization I mean it's kind of hard I feel like for the Penguins organization like they had so many great players he said Paul Coffey jeez Paul Coffey and now he's he's gonna have more goals and Paul Coffey like that's amazing I mean Sid and Gino are Sid and Gino like I would never want to discredit either of them to credit Chris Letang but I think everyone knows that yes and Gino are like the big two but Letang is the most important player on the team they are. They were talking about the broadcast like a little bit for him, like for the Norris. Yes, I saw. Yes, I was like, let's start yeah. this ball rolling, NBC. Yes, yeah. I was like, keep going, keep going. So I'm. Ex- it's what he deserves. It is, and it's what we deserve. And his yeah. wife, um, like just posted on her Instagram. I guess around now is when he had his stroke, and I was like, oh, we've come so far. No. It's too much. Yeah. He and he didn't win the Masterton. Like, that's wild. That's, who won it that year? Was Not it? Chris Letang. Boyle, because oh. you can't argue with Boyle. That I have, like, I I could. I think I could. I have mixed feelings about the Masterton. Because like, it's like, everyone suffered somehow, and you're like, oh, who suffered the best? Like, <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Brian Boyle, he didn't score a hat trick this time, but God. The Devils did score six on us. Were you surprised that he started with Matt Murray and then went to Matt Murray again after the Devils game? Oh. Um, I'm surprised he, Murray played in the Devils game, not that he played in the Tampa game. I think that he wanted... he. I almost think that his plan was he wanted... Murray to play in the Tampa game, but he wanted to give him like a chance to like warm up in the yeah, Devils game. Yeah. That's what I would expect, like what you think of a starter. Yeah. So I'm I'm like cautious. I'm like confused now. At first I thought Murray was a starter and then Sullivan's acting like he's not. And then now I'm like Murray's not the starter, right? And then like Sullivan's acting like he is. So I'm just I never know. I'm always confused. But I was surprised, and I was happily surprised. Um, and he came back really well against yeah. Tampa for after the Devils. I mean, do we chalk it up to the Penguins just can't beat the Devils? Because I that next day, I went through all the stats I could. I was asking all the stat guys that I know um, that use stats. I was asking, how do I evaluate this? How do I look at this? And like... The Pens dominated the game stat-wise. Like, their Corsi 4 was really good, and their high-danger Corsi 4. Um, and the result, the reason why they lost, kind of was on goaltending. 
which I didn't want to tweet out because, you know. It's I mean, yeah. Like, he just, he's just confident against the Penguins. Where's he from? I don't know. Um, he's American. Uh, I think he's from Boston. He's from New York, actually. Oh, of course. He always makes these posts on his Twitter that, like, I can't read. I'm like, is this English? I can never decipher. (laughs) Like, what are you trying to say to me? And like it was a Taylor Hall less yeah. Devils team. I don't know. I, I I think it's like I just I really do think it's just like Chicago. They just can't beat them. And it's so crazy when I first got when I first started watching, they swept the Devils like it was nothing. Like the Devils, the Islanders, easy. Now it's a goddamn fight. There was some He's good though, because Broussard scored. Yeah. yeah, and then got ejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got ejected. Yeah, yeah it was deserved though. What did he do? Elbowed someone. My, <laughs> my sweet, my sweet boy. Who do you elbow? Sammy Batman. Sammy Batman. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And another defenseman from the Ducks. Ducks. Yeah. Who is your? Is your scouting person? (laughs) So, yeah, I guess we could. I mean, I don't have anything else to say in the Devils game. I just wish it didn't happen. Yeah. But are we surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm not. No, a scheduled yeah. loss against the Devils. Well, we can only win against them once in OT, and then they can take the rest. How many more games do we have? Two or just one? One oh. more. <laughs> we lost before. I think six to one, and then four to two. Why are they so embarrassed? So, like the first one was. I wasn't it hockey fights cancer. Or oh Brian yeah, got a oh, so sweet. And it was just. Everywhere I was like, oh, my heart was so full of love. Like, (laughs) like I mean, I'm not mad. I I just don't. I don't want to see anybody score a hat trick. Like, nevertheless, of like, what isn't he on the fourth line? Like, no, maybe not because it's Jersey and they don't have good depth. No, I think he was on the. I think he was on the fourth line. Honestly. I hated that. I'm like, what? No, that's embarrassing. Yeah. I don't care the story. I know that's mean. I don't like. I don't want anyone to get a hat trick against us. Brock Besser or Brian Boyle. Like these double B's need to stop. These <laughs> double <laughs> Brock Besser and Brian Boyle. Well, who's next? Brett yeah. Burns. Like, <laughs> no, knock on wood. I don't want that. <laughs> Um, um. All right. So there were also some pretty interesting trades over this past week or so. Um, the first one, very sadly, the Penguins traded defenseman Jamie Alexiak back to the Stars for a fourth round pick um, for this upcoming draft. And it is the same fourth round pick that they traded to get Alexiak. So... Sorry? Isn't that wild? That's so wild. 
And now the Penguins have like a million fourth round picks. Like, I don't know what they're expecting to do with all of them. Um, so in his first stint with Dallas, Alexiak played 140 games, had seven goals, 15 assists for 22 points and was in minus 23. Um, and then with Pittsburgh in 83 games played, he had eight goals, 17 assists, 25 points and was a plus 18. And I am so sad because he talked about how his confidence got so low in Dallas and then he came to Pittsburgh and just fit so well. And then we give up. Yeah. Came I'll him back. Nothing. It's, yeah. It was just. We made him better and then we gave him back for nothing. Yeah. I, that's so awkward because he was like kind of truthful about how he felt in Dallas. And then he has to be like, hey, I'm back in Dallas. Like, I don't know. I mean,. For me, I think trading Oleksiak was something that was unavoidable because they weren't going to trade Jack Johnson. And then I think a bigger part of the fan base would rather them trade Oleksiak over Mata. So, yeah, like... But I just, I'm mad it's at Dallas. It's back to Dallas. And it's for a fourth-round pick. Like, those stats, he's worth a third, at least... I'm thinking a third-round pick. Like, a fourth-round pick, okay, but we need prospects, and we need good prospects. We don't need more fourth-round fourth guys. No offense to them, but they very seldomly work out. Like, you see, like, the Rust and the Gensels and the Think Murray were all drafted in the third round. And, I mean, Simone was a fifth-round pick, but I just a fourth-round pick, the same fourth-round pick, like... Okay, I guess. I'm just, that's annoying. Like, I don't feel like we got enough for him yeah. if we were going to trade him. Wouldn't it be wild if, like, the Penguins became, like, defense flippers and, like, teams would, like, send them their bad defense and be like, okay, you fix this guy up and then we'll hold on to your pick for you. And then they fix him up and send him back and then they get the pick. <laughs> we'll hold on to your pick so you don't trade yeah. it away. <laughs> we'll keep it safe. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's all Gonchar. I think Gonchar and then playing with a good power play and, like, elite players help. Help your confidence. Yeah, Dallas you know? is so bad. It's bad. It's just... I don't know. Like, look at his stats with us. It's just so... It's good. He deserved better. He did. He, he definitely did. I think... I don't get why you would move Alexiak. I mean, I get why, but it's I don't like it. And I definitely don't like the Yeah. Record. I feel like they should have thrown in something extra. And honestly, yeah, at this point, I don't want anything from Dallas. Better. Yeah. does all this hard work, and then boom. What? What do you think they do with Chad Ruedel? Because he's just sitting in the box. Wasn't he on the case? Uh, he's in... Yeah, I thought he was in looks I don't think so. I think that he's, like, up and scratched. Okay. That's what they signed him to do. Yes. Trade him. I mean, he's been he's been doing... The, but, you like, can't trade he him. He doesn't have the same stats and... Not playing. Oh. I mean... Well, I mean, I just don't feel like... I mean, you they could trade him, but I don't feel like teams have seen enough from him to really want him. Yeah. 
You know, he's like an add-on player. Like, Oleksiak is a player you could trade for a pick. Now, again, I'd say a third-round pick, but but Chad, like, they re-signed him, and I don't know. I that It just makes me so upset because he could be the seventh defenseman for this team that plays when someone gets hurt. He could do it, but now they have so many defensemen, and they're so stubborn on who... Like, who needs to play every night? And it's just... Yeah. That's how you let a good a good player like Alexiak go. For nothing. And the thing about it is, is that I was looking at the team's defense, like, in that, like... I forget the name, but it's, like, rate the skater so you can put two skaters together and see their production, how it weighs out. And everyone on the Penguins was bad, besides... Um, it was like Latang, Dumlin, and Peterson were. I mean, Latang and Dumlin were good. Like obviously, like great, good. And then Peterson was okay. And then everyone else sucked. Like everyone else was horrible. Yeah. And the, I'm mad because the player that I had to go off of to look, like to compare, was Jake Martin. Oh, no. We'll talk about <laughs> later. And it's just like, oh, so you're that bad. Oh, you're this bad. And it's like wait a minute, I'm looking at the stats and you guys don't seem that bad, but looking at your stats individually, you're bad, bud. You're not good. Peterson was good. Well, I'll say okay. Because he wasn't the worst on the team, but he's definitely not the best. So do you think Peterson was the one that forced Jim Rutherford's hand in trading Alexiak? I think, um, I think Schultz coming back is what forced him to trade, yeah. I don't understand why they won't send Ricola down. Can I'm not they? sure. Yeah, he's he's waiver exempt. He can go right Maybe. now. They, they when have. Schultz is really back? Is he this right hand? Let me let me see. So Latang is a right defenseman. Obviously, Schultz is a right defenseman. Ruedel's right, and then everyone else is left. Dumo's left, Mata's left. Then Jack Johnson's under D, and then Ricola's under D. But I think that's because they switch. They can switch and like play the right side. But I think they're prov- I, so. I guess they're like either or. They can play either or. But the last time I looked at it, they were labeled as left. So I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know, man. I really, and like, what's frustrating, it's like, you didn't have to trade Alexiak. Like, you could have sent Ricola down, because Wilkes-Bear obviously could use a good defenseman. Have him play on the top power play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get it. And, like, yeah, so Yuso, Ricola, and Peterson are, are waiver-exempt. They can both be sent down. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to send Peterson down. It's too bad. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, where one team loses a defenseman, another gains it. Um, the Leafs traded Carl Gunstrom the rights to Sean Sersey and this year's first round pick for Jake Muzzin from the Kings. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very good trade. I I know. I'm, like, mad about it. <laughs> it's how good it is. Like, he's not an unrestricted free agent. They control him for another year. Like, they didn't really have to give up much. Like, they need another good defenseman. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So, Muzzin is a left-handed shot, so he'll probably be on their top line with um, Morgan Riley. Riley. And then Ron Hainsey will probably move down to play with Travis Dermott, which will be amazing for Dermott, having um, that sort of, like, veteran hand with him. So that'll be great. Their second line will stay, or their second pairing will stay nice and steady. I hate it so <laughs> much. Kyle Dubas, man. Um, oh, my that's the mistake. Okay, the one good thing is now Drew Daddy is literally by himself in L.A. with his terrible contract. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Gross. But if Lou Lamorello was there, he would have to shave his beard. Yeah. So that's good. Wasn't Jake Muzzin a, a penguin? Yeah, he was. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite <laughs> thing to find like, out. Like, oh. Someone said that. They were like, Jake Muzzin might be the best penguins defenseman that never play for the penguins. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have much to say. I really don't know how this affects Gardner. Oh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I mean, I would assume that he's gone. Um, But before, I believed in the Leafs, but, like, it was, like, a first-round belief. This makes them a little bit more frightening. Like, obviously, I'd have to see how they actually play with him and how he settles in. So a little bit of breaking news is Derek Rassard and Riley Sheehan were just traded for Nick Bustad and Jared McCann from the Florida Panthers, along with um, a second round pick and two fourth round picks. And I know it all hurts our hearts to um, say goodbye to Broussard, but I think that we can all wish him well and hope that he does well in Florida. I'm sure he will, but that doesn't make the hurt go away. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was really like on the verge of tears. No. <laughs> I was like they really traded it. Yeah, like <laughs> I was like on my way to like I was leaving um, a meeting and going to another one, but I was driving, so I like was in the parking lot, like going through my Twitter feed, like over and over and over again, trying to like, wait, is this real? Like, cause you, Christy, you tweeted it or you sent it into the group chat, and then um. I didn't hear any confirmation from the Penguins. I was like, no, this is fake. This is fake. <laughs> and then they tweeted it out like 10 minutes later. The, the worst part about it is that I actually, I think this is a good trade for the Penguins and I think it's going to work out really, really well. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it just sucks how much it didn't work out for him for, yeah. for Stard. Yeah. Like, they got there in the nick of time. And then I remember when Broussard was traded, he couldn't play for the Pens for like a week. I was like, it's not fair. Why are they getting all the good things? Well, I think it definitely helps because they are they played in an American yeah. market. So it wasn't like going yeah. overseas and stuff. Or not going overseas. Like, going um, what's it? Immigration and stuff. 
Yeah. I well, I'm not completely surprised. I mean, I'm not really at all surprised that they traded Bassar, but I was surprised that it happened just now because I thought that he was like going through an injury. And I didn't think you were supposed to trade someone if they were injured. Yeah. You can? I heard that yeah. you could. Yeah. Because um, it was for, it was, it was when people were saying tra- it was for Buffalo and they were like, trade Hudwick. That was like, I don't think you can. He's like, trade him though. Don't we get something if they trade him? They're like, yeah, you could. Yeah. Or if. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's why I was in. That's why I was like, extra. Or if Shiri doesn't get like 40. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But he's at like 20 something. Yeah, he will. Oh, I keep checking. I think so. I think he's at like 16. I'm like, they need that pick. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. You guys. Um, obviously, I think time will tell a little bit, but you, do you think that we, that the Penguins maybe gave a little bit too much in this trade? So that's what I was thinking. I mean, okay, so let's like just give the stats. Nick Bukestad is a center. He's 6'6", um, and he is 26 years old, um, and his best season, points-wise, was... Last season, the 2017-2018 season, where he played 82 games, and he had 49 points, 19 goals, 30 assists. Um, And so far this season with Florida, in 32 games, he had seven goals, um, five goals and seven assists for 12 points. Um, And in the two games that he has played for the Penguins, he has uh, one assist. So that's... Nick and then Jaron McCann, he's tw- he's only twenty two. He's six one. Um, he's a center as well. And let's see, his best offensive year was last year as well. And in sixty eight games, he had nine goals, nineteen assists for twenty eight points. So I mean, the Penguins definitely got younger, and I believe it was um, Bob. Bob like, what's that? <laughs> Yeah, Bob McKenzie said <laughs> during the trade, he was saying that the Penguins had to add in the draft picks because both Broussard and Sheehan are un- unrestricted oh, that makes sense. free that makes sense. agents, um, whereas Nick and Jared are restricted. Well, they're, well, Nick is still in a... I think they're both still in yeah. a... I thought they had like a year left. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they both have a year left, but then I think when they get out of it, they're restricted. Um or maybe that's just Jared because of how young he is. But yeah, I was surprised at how many picks it was. Like two fourths. That's kind of just like you already got yeah. a second. <laughs> you don't need any more. I know, and then it's like a fourth. A fourth, like two fourths. I feel like, yeah. I don't know. I will say I'm happy we still yeah. have our first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so, so far we still have it and I think I'm trying to hold on to it cause... I hope so that would be the smart thing I mean they just gave up three picks so you need your, yeah. four, your first round if you're not going to have do we still have three out of seven. like a fourth round pick we must because went from down we had like three or something no we have the yeah, we have the we Sabres do? on but that goes up to a third. Oh, the Sabres, yeah. Or whatever. Oh, then yeah. So we still have the Sabres fourth round pick. I didn't know we had so yeah. many fourth round picks. We, we, we don't <laughs> have a second or a third, though. We don't have a... Oh, we don't... No. Where did that go? Oh, did that go to Ottawa? Yeah. 
Yeah. For Broussard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for Broussard. Yeah. Of like course that trade it did. Was it should have worked. Ready, it's just frustrating. It did it's like, you know what? I don't no. fault that trade at all because yeah. in theory yeah. it should have worked. Um. So, okay. We have... We have like two games of seeing them play. What did you think? I mean, the lineup's not exactly how it's supposed to be because Malkin's not in it and Malkin got hurt. I don't even want to talk about it. But yeah. So we don't know fully and like right now Nick has been playing or it's Be- I guess Be- you should just say his last name because I'm like Nick, like I know him. Like Bukestad's playing second center, uh the second line center. And then McCann has been playing third line center. So, um, what do you guys I don't think so much far? Them play, to be honest, but um, okay. I'm trying to remember, like highlights and stuff. I mean, I, I like them. Yeah, I think the first game against the Senators, I think they played. Um, the, I mean, it was so they literally yeah barely made the game. That and, video is so cute, um, and he's like, "What happened? Yeah. If they didn't get there in time." We would have just been what? a mess. Like, no, no. They would have just played, I think, was it seven? I mean, ten forwards and seven yeah. defensemen or something like that. It was, like, really weird um, how they have it. Um, I, I don't doubt it. Um, but, yeah, like, I liked, I think there's a li- there's some chemistry so far between Buchanan yeah. and Kessel, um, which I like. And, um, I, I think that was, that was the highlight of those two. Well, that first game for me anyway, um, is that they can, they're starting to get a little bit of chemistry. I just wonder what that means for Malkin's line, Tanner Pearson, um, Malkin and Hornquist as the second line. And I don't know if I like that because I don't like Hornquist and Malkin playing together, but so I don't know. I mean, there's obviously a filling out period, and Monk is not here to like really get chemistry with any of them. Hornquist so we'll has been like oddly quiet these past few games. Yeah. I that was so funny because last night's post game, uh, you know how they do like a radio, yeah, like post game. I don't know if you guys. Okay, so I was listening to that. And they were talking, they said, they said the same thing, Kelsey, that Horquist has been quiet. And out of the 39 games that he's played, he has only has 10 games with goals in them, but they're like multi-goal. Like some of them are multi-goal. Well, I think that Horquist is one of those players that like, even if he's not scoring, he's still making an impact in the game usually, but I'm just not seeing that as of late. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is. Well, what I think, anyway, is that Hornquist is a power forward, and power forwards are always yeah. streaky. Um, it's really hard to be a consistent goal scorer in this league. So, um, but yeah, to me, Hornquist is extre- extremely streaky. And um, what surprised me the most is that Hornquist isn't getting um, goals on the power play. That's normally where he does get his goals. Um so that's a thing. And I've also noticed that Hornquist doesn't really score with when he's playing with Malkin. So I don't think the times that he's been playing with Malkin has helped his cause. I just, I don't know. I think that Haglund really, I think more Malkin and Hornquist worked really well with Haglund. So when you saw them together, it was that, I mean, when Haglund was on Malkin's wing with Hornquist, it looked like they had a ton of chemistry because Haglund was like, 
really good for them. Like he was four checking and he could like get the puck and um, give it to give it to Malkin or like and Malkin would shoot and then Horny would get like the rebound and stuff like that. It's just their chemistry because when I try to look at the stats without um, Haglin, Malkin and Haglin, I mean, Malkin and Hornquist don't have the best stats. So I mean, take from that what you will. Stats isn't the end all be all, but. I mean, to me, it gives a good, like, a good, like, gauge of what's going on, like, actually in the game. But, and then also, the last thing I, w- I thought about is that, like, he, this is his, what, second concussion this yeah. this season? So, I, he he may not be all the way, yeah. like, yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? Because with, with concussions, you never know. It's not like a broken yeah. leg or a broken foot and stuff. So, you don't know. So, I, I would give it time. I mean, I know that Horny is um streaky so I'm not like really worried about it. The only time I get worried about it is when he's on Malkin's wing. But I liked him when he was playing with Cullen in the game before. What was the uh the game they were together in Cullen three C. Yes. I liked Hornquist when he when he was with Cullen. He didn't score but I thought I could see him making a difference yeah. in the game. What do you guys think? I know I like literally <laughs> talking so much. <laughs> I mean, I think he's just, he's, like, he has to be, like, two feet from the goal to really score. And if he's not really doing that, because I've noticed that people, once he's in there, people mush him. So he doesn't really have the opportunity to try to get goals and stuff. But that's literally from last game that I noticed. (laughs) But But I like that because then you have, you know, focalized attention on Hornquist. And mm-hmm. that opens up some more ice. <gasps> oh, and then Teddy Bluger's out there scoring left and right. Yeah. Oh. Well, mostly left. Yeah. In the left circle. That... <laughs> two goals in two, his that last two games. Teddy Bluger. Um, I like that. Someone tweeted out that, you know, Teddy Bluger, like, gives fourth line depth scoring. And yeah. I am all about it. Um, good for him. He's definitely worked extremely hard, and he's waited. I think when was Bluger drafted in two thousand twelve? Like something. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I like, didn't know he was not American. I didn't either. His name is so like yeah. all American. <laughs> they they better call oh. him Teddy Bear. Yeah, I swear. So, yeah, so he was drafted in the second round, 52 overall, in 2012. Like, he's waited a long time he to get to the NHL. Last year, but they just didn't him, right? Yeah, was he a black ace, or they yeah. called him? Or, yeah. Yeah. Because this is his first This is his first NHL season. Like, I'm on yeah. Hockey Reference, and it's not giving me any season but this year. So he's waited a really long time. Yeah, um, it's a good for him. I hope that... I hope he does not. Um, yeah, that's I what I was thinking. I hope down. that they like treat him well, and if he like slumps a little bit, they don't like lose confidence or get impatient with him. But what happens when yeah. Zach Asimov gets back? That Zach Um, <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, like that's what I was thinking. A days off. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I can like, say, but I mean, like Zach Asarese hasn't hasn't like 
really showed us that he could stay healthy. So, I mean, how many days? Like, it's not like we're saying Matt Cole needs to sit for the rest of the season. He never, yeah, he's never he consistently healthy. Like, hey, people, I'm just like, you are small. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, he is an yeah. asshole. <laughs> so, just some brainstorming right here. Who do we think would look best on the Jets? Derek Broussard, Matthew Shane, or Kevin Hayes? I think... Out of all three of those, Matt Duchesne's the best player. But I don't think he would leave because he just had a baby. So I don't think he would like request a trade or leave Ottawa because his family's from around there. No, I think Isn't he's his family like, from like from close Toronto? to Ottawa. Yeah, it's like well, I remember Dave Lozo yeah. always said it's like he lives like three hours away from Ottawa, so it's like not close. And like, and then like, how yeah. far it is from Ottawa, and how yeah. far it is from? It says fifty-eight, uh, fifty-seven hours. That's not right. Are they walking? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. Are walking. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like three hours. Um, yeah, he's like three hours from. Okay, so let's see how far Halliburton is from Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg's in Manitoba. That sounds so Canada. Oh yeah, no, it's way far. Aww. Yeah, it's like it's like a twenty-four hour drive. He wanted to play playoff hockey. Yeah, oh, but he has a child now. You know, priorities change. He can still the play kid's like playoff hockey. The kid's like a day old. They with can't his go. Kid. The kid can be at the games. I'm not okay. saying move tomorrow. I'm but yeah, move I want when the kids too. I want to change to go, but. What's Ottawa going to ask for? Absolutely nothing, I hope. Here, take Brendan Lemieux. I actually yeah. don't want Matthew Duchesne on the Jets. I prefer Derek Broussard. Because yeah. if he can't do it with the Penguins, I want him to do it with the Jets. And I want him to go to a place where I'm I'm happy. And I don't want him to go back oh, to a place it's... where like he's already played. So no New York. Yeah, no New York, no Ottawa. Yeah, I could see him in Winnipeg. I don't know. I mean, Patrick Laine needs a good I talk center. About and like, I feel like Broussard needs a... We don't have to, but also yeah, Patrick Laine is. is 6'5 and 206 pounds. So stepping back in time a little bit at the beginning of this week, the um, we had the annual NHL All-Star Game. Um, it was a whole lot of fun, and some of the most fun activities came from the special guests that the NHL invited, which were four women from the Canadian and American women's national teams. Um, they were there to demonstrate some events. And then, of course, Kendall Coyne Schofield was there to actually partake in an event after Nathan McKinnon um, wasn't able to take part. Um, I think so. Yeah, like, didn't he? He hurt his foot. Yeah, he mm-hmm. hurt his foot, and he's supposed to be like the fastest skater. And then, and she, so then he sent out a tweet, and she like quote tweeted oh, it. That's so sweet. Like, I'll be there. I'll get there as fast as I can. Yeah. And then she like was like yeah, hashtag she, well, hockey's for everyone. She came and she conquered yeah. with fourteen point three two six seconds, which is amazing. Um, five two. Yeah. She's 5'2". And how tall is McDavid? Like 6'2"? Yeah. Yeah. 
large. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got... And so she was just a second, maybe even a little bit under oh. a second um, slower than he was. And it was just very amazing. Everyone was appropriately impressed. Um, and then Brianna Decker also came and destroyed the competition. She did a demonstration for the passing challenge, which was the longest competition. <laughs> it I went on for ever. I felt like this is too long. And then you woke back up, but they were still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They didn't air her demonstration, (laughs) at least not here in the U.S. Um, And none of the NHL players had a better time than her. So she was technically the winner. But Leon Dreisaitl um, instead walked away with the prize money, $25,000. And... The NHL was so weird about it afterwards. Like, they came out and were like, actually, her time was wrong. Like, <laughs> Really? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So, I was, looking, I was looking this up, and I saw two different times. So, there was one on the USA Today. They had her at um, uh, one, one minute and six seconds, which would mean that she beat Tricital by three seconds. Maybe if um, they and this aired was like, it, we could tell for ourselves. Yeah, like they if they aired it and they timed her, but this was by. So it was someone like in the arena, captured by Abby Sorkin a junior at the Scripps College in Southern California who attended the skills competition. Just, um, they interviewed her and she was like, I was sitting at, I was sitting in my seat after the premier passer competition, uh, competition was finished and looked at my video and was like, wait, hang on. I think Brianna did it faster. Um, and she tweeted the video out with a hashtag pay Decker. Um, but then the Chicago Tribune says that they, they recorded it at, the well, the NHL time was 109.88, so then that would have been three seconds after dry cycle. So, classic NHL, we really don't know the truth, but someone who was there recorded it saying that, and then the NHL went back and looked at their tape, and they're saying she, a she definitely time, did, so. almost definitely did. We should and say she did. Rather than pay her, um, the NHL yeah. decided to donate. $25,000 to, was it all four of them or no, probably just the three that were demonstrating. So not Kendall. So um, the other two women's hockey players were Rebecca yeah. Johnson and Renata Fast from the CWHL. Um, and the NHL, instead of paying Brianna Decker, the $25,000 said that they would donate on each of those players behalf $25,000 to a charity, which isn't, the same thing at all and it's just such a weird thing for them to be like mm, like thanks for coming but we're... <laughs> NHL is just so weird like, they just wrong. didn't say anything and then they like tell them that they can yeah and like yeah they're like okay we're giving you money but to a charity of your choice like <laughs> none of the players if they like give set up GoFundMe to help support their to, like uh, professional charity. career and was like and, this charity <laughs> Um, but ccm actually ended up paying brianna the twenty-five thousand dollars. um so good on them i think that that was really cool and then actually i think um 
Yeah. Rebecca Johnson, Renata Fass, and Brianna Decker were signed by Adidas as well as their athletes. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think so. Um, Adidas I is always know. looking to add new, you know, faces, and they've really been working on expanding their hockey brand. So I think that they invited those women to join them in their mission, which I think was pretty good and fun. And hopefully this means that they can get some free swag and maybe not have to worry about paying for as much. Yeah. Paying for theirs. Yeah. That, um, I really hope they do. Cause that's awesome. Adidas. Are you making me like you? Because I am a fan of the old Reebok jerseys, especially the women's cut. They're just so flattering and comfortable. But the all-star jerseys look amazing. And you're paying women athletes. I I love that. I like how the NHL kept referring to them as um, Olympic athletes and didn't mention any of the hockey teams that they played for as a way to be like, I would kind of wish yeah. they were kind of just like, oh, if you think they're amazing now, just catch a game on, uh, just catch the Calgary Inferno or the Connecticut Whales or yeah. whatever. But the NHL never does what I want. Yeah. 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 I mean, that would be too, that would make yeah. too much sense. That's too much. Plus, like, they want right those leagues to fill so that they can have their Honestly. like. NHL Women's Hockey League. Mm. But like most of the most of the most of the women's hockey teams they partner with NHL teams. Yeah. So like just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Um and then aside from the Um, women, was the all star game fun? (laughs) Did we enjoy it? I don't know like I mean a part of me did because I only I'll be honest I only watched the skills competition I I don't know what I I don't know what I was doing when I wasn't watching the games on Sunday or was it Saturday I don't know yeah Saturday I um the games like that passing game the passing challenge was just like it, it like sucked all the air out of the room because like Carlson yeah, went first, and like I was like cheering for Carlson, and then he like had like a hard time doing it, and so then I was like, oh, it's hard. It's like so awkward to like watch them like struggle because those things are hard. Why are they like this? Isn't fun for me. It's not fun for the player. Like what is going on? So I have no idea. It's a breakaway. I don't know. I think yeah, that was whack. Yeah, I missed yeah, the breakaway. The safe streak's actually pretty fun. And then the fastest skater's not fun because it's, like, always Connor McDavid, so that's not fun. And it's, like, you okay, cowards, uh, I, bring Dylan Larkin and let's I see who's like the real fast skater. I because I don't like, want Dylan Larkin to lose. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like, you know what? Like, I just like being able to say cowards. Like, Dylan Larkin's my fastest skater. So, like, the fast scare is not even real. Like, no matter if Connor McDavid wins, and it's really yeah. Dylan Larkin. Friend of the Loved of the it when Austin Matthews was wearing the Patty Marlowe jersey. I thought that was so sweet. He should have got a Sharks jersey if you wanted to do that. Uh-huh. That's what I was also thinking. But Okay. 
what is it about Austin Matthews and looking yeah. dead, even though he's like having fun and doing something? He's fun? too cool for emotions. Yeah, I think that's no. What it is. I see, Kelsey. I'm not upset. I didn't like that. As I mean, as long as Sharks fans weren't offended and it didn't seem like it, I just was like, he left. He left your team. I mean, I guess in one sense, it's like he left to go win a cup, which, okay, fair. But, like, he played there, like, a bajillion years. I don't know. As long as uh, Sharks fans did are you, happy well, with Did you him, see I the Sharks care, fans booing but... Tavares? I don't know. Yes. I didn't like that as much as everybody else. Why are they booing him? Yes, I loved that. I was like, you oh, know right, what? yeah. Because he, they, like, yeah. offered him. They, like, and he said no. <laughs> He like was quickly like, like no, and they're just like fuck you, dude. Yeah. We got Carlson. Boom. Oh, <laughs> like, I guess too much though. Like, Carlson and Tavares. Tavares? No, I don't think so. Could they? Maybe they couldn't have done both. I think that like between okay. Burns, um, I can't remember any of their names. Joe Pavelski. I think that they have pretty high cap. Oh, yeah. Alright. Um, and then the actual yeah. games where the Metro ended up winning, mostly because of their top line of Sid Latang and Matt Barzell. Like, how dare the, the Metro, Metro just come out of nowhere and win, like, so convincingly each game? No, but it's like, it's a bad division, but then, like, you look at the other divisions and you think, like, the Atlantic or the Pacific or the Central. I, I don't know. Like, oh, well, I, I guess that's I true because we Nate McKinnon did I know we were kind of like, oh, McDavid, he's going to get to play with good players. Um, at the All-Star game, the Pacific was kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> he like, did a shift with uh, Goudreau. Who did McDavid um, play with? Who's the other watch? person? Oh, Patterson, and that was, and they scored. Yeah, 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 but that was one shift. Aww. I mean, the, how is the Metro the oldest team? Lundqvist, Lundqvist brought him up there. <laughs> He's so yeah. old. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, did they really play out? Like, I know that Hopi when he gets in that, he's like jokes. Yeah, around, I, but I, he also I like think, it's competitive. Yeah, I think Lundqvist. <laughs> like, like he, he, he was like making like, saves. He wouldn't lose. I, was... I felt kind of yeah. bad for Vassy in the um, shootout challenge or whatever it was called. Because Lundqvist came out of nowhere. Yeah. I. I... <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, like, you I old fool. Lundqvist doesn't mean embarrassed. I mean, I was just like, okay, let's get to. Five. I wanted him to get expelled. Be fast, you know. I was like, enough, stop. We get it. Vassy's face was just like, <laughs> he just was like over it. I wanted to talk about just real quick about what you said at the beginning, Kelsey. How the American stream was like boring and bland and like awful because I was watching for the skills competition. I was watching the Canadian stream and like they had so many fun things, 
they had Jack Eichel um, mic'd up. And then apparently he was mic'd up when he was on the ice as well during the games the next day. Oh, he's funny. But they also had, who's that? Keith Yandel. He did like a bit with, he, oh my God, he's hilarious. Because he did a bit with um, the Tampa Bay players. And he was like, he was like, hey, and he had the camera. And he was like, hey, Vassy, how's it going? And he like showed Vassy, he just was like, like a blank face. And then he was like, okay, I'll talk to your uh, your fellow Russian teammate. And he was like, Nikita, what's up, man? And Nikita just like looked away. <laughs> and then he was like, and then he was like, stammer. He goes the same. He's like, I just talked to your Russian teammates and they didn't even talk to me. And Sam goes like, they don't even talk to me. Like, he was like, especially when I don't make a good play out there. Usually here they, they like give me hell. And and they like went back to them and they're just like staring at them. I was like, oh my God. Like, that's actually very sweet. And you know what? That's like the perfect little bit for Nikita because he doesn't like to talk and he didn't have to. And he was still like funny. And it was like my like cold heart towards Tampa Bay softened a bit at the Russian. Why do you hate only. Stamkos? What did he do? Not to Stamkos. You? Absolutely not. There was something, there were other, like, fun things. They had a couple other people mic'd up, but... Um, oh, why does they... I think they had one of the goalies oh. mic'd up, but I can't remember who. I'm guessing. Did they? Uh, oh, well, they did, they talked about... Okay, so, obviously, when Braden did it, they were talking about his cup day, and they threw up the pictures of him in the farm with the cup! I, which I is absolutely one of my favorite pictures. I think it's one of the sweetest... And most Canadian pictures in the world. And he looks so, like, just, like... I don't know that I don't even know. He just looks so so amazing with that cup over his head. And he's, like, in a field of, like, corn. Ugh. Iconic. And they were, like, going... And, like, but the the broadcast was, like, such a Canadian picture. Like, such an iconic Canadian picture. Like, Brayden, what were you thinking? And he was just like, oh, you know, like, like, that's where I grew up, blah, blah, blah. Adorable. All right, everyone. So this episode actually ended up being a little bit longer than we had anticipated. So to check out our interview with Alyssa from Even Strength, definitely check out part two of this episode.